we, we called him and said, hey, what should we do? And he said, well, the stock market always recovers. So just hold it on. And it just kept diving and we, it forced us to sell and it kept diving. So we, lo we lost most of that, that half million dollars. Welcome to the Reigning Freedom Money Podcast. You are in the right place if you want to hear how to live a better life by taking steps now to achieve your financial freedom. To find out more, go to reigningfreedommoney.com. Here are your hosts, David and Patty Royster. Hi, this is uh, Dave Royster. Hi, this is Patty Royster. And we're going to tell you about our adventure into real estate, into life in general. We're, we're just starting this podcast and we thought we would start out with our first episode by giving you a little background on how we got to where we are today and a little bit of background about Dave and Patty Royster so you would know a little more about us. That sounds good. <laughs> So we went to uh, college together and we actually were uh, in the same apartment complex and we got to become friends there, but we never dated. And in fact, I don't think there was any interest on either side. It's not like we didn't like each other. It's just, we it just wasn't the right time for us. <laughs> nope. It wasn't so. the right time. So seven years later, I had to finish an internship and he was doing some work in, um, remotely in the field, right, for your yep. company? Yep, I was a field process engineer uh, stationed up in Seattle uh, area. And that's when we came across each other again. And uh, uh, we started dating and it, and it went quite well. <laughs> so, but also in that- uh, And it well, went quite well. <laughs> it, it did. <laughs> so um, before that I was, uh, as a field process en engineer, I was traveling on a, a weekly basis to get up to Seattle to work on machines up there. And so they would give me a per diem and they'd have a hotel room for us to stay at and air, airplane flights and all that. And uh, so I thought uh, it dawned on me that since I'm there that often, why don't I just live up there? And so I negotiated with them to give me a, a chunk of money and then I would live up there and then they wouldn't have to worry about the per diems and the airplane flights and the hotels. And so with that money, I bought my first house. And uh, so that was our first start of owning real estate. <laughs> I married him because he had a house, you know. And a Jeep. <laughs> and a cool Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we decided we were going to get in married and we moved back to the Bay Area, which is where I grew up from, grew up. And um, we decided to keep that house because he hadn't held it very long, like maybe a year. Less than a year, yeah. Yeah, not very long. So we kept that house and we got married. And over the course of years, we had four children. We had three girls and a bo three boys and a girl. And, and we raised them mostly in the Bay Area. And uh, David went back to school and got an MBA. Uh, it was really cool because his employer paid for it. And one of those MBA classes was as much as a whole semester um, when we went to college. So with respect to real estate, we, we had that one uh, house that we owned in, um, in Seattle area. And then later on, we did transfer that or we sold that and well, bought. Wait, wait, let's tell them though. 
it wasn't a really great experience because we were, we didn't have a lot of experience with real estate and we had a terrible property manager. I mean, we had people ripping out the power lines and then they would, the power company would turn off the power and then somehow they get the power turned back on. And then the power company wanted us to pay like $800 for the damage they did. And it was a nightmare trying to manage a property two states away when we didn't really know what we were doing. <laughs> and it was actually better for us to manage it than to have a manager manage it because then we could get more involved in it. And um, so we learned a lot on how to be a property, uh, an owner of real estate in doing that. And uh, so we bought one in, in Utah and sold the one in, in the Seattle area. And then also uh, Patty's brother um, was really big into real estate and he needed cash to be able to buy a lot of properties he was flipping. So we had a really sweet deal where he would buy it. He'd put all the work into it. It'd be our money. We'd be on title. And then when uh, he sold it, then we would split the profits 50-50. So we made good money for not doing anything. And he had money, extra money to work with to be able to do the deals he was doing. We took out a home equity line of credit with the company he had told us about. And we trusted him, of course, very much. <laughs> well, you know, we should also mention, Patty, is uh, our experience in the stock market. <laughs> I think that's probably something we should, no, no, no. We should bring up, right? <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> So you learn from your mistakes. <laughs> so I was working at with a company. Um, let's see, I think, I think it was Form Factor. Yeah. And uh, so they they were a startup, and uh, so we got a lot of shares of stock up front. And uh, so when we end up, um, we working, had a lot of conversations on what we should do with this money. Yeah, and we we hired it was a financial planner. Half a million dollars. Yeah, so it was, it was over, it was a little over half a million is what we had. So we thought we were filthy rich. And uh, so we ended up getting a financial planner and we said, hey, we want this to grow really fast. And so how do you make sure that we do that? And, and uh, we were pretty naive on that. So without us really understanding, he put it all on margin. And uh, so, which means that as the stock goes down, there's those margin calls and they sell off your stock. Uh, a little bit of time. And uh, so when we started really seeing all these uh, call options, um, we, we called him and said, hey, what should we do? And he said, well, the stock market always recovers. So just hold it on. And it just kept diving and we, it forced us to sell and it kept diving. So we, lo we lost most of that, that half million dollars. Uh, quite the experience. Oh, bye -bye. Yeah, it was gone. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> It would have been better if we had a house and it burned down and we could have collected on the insurance or something. Oh, for sure. It was painful. Even under, was, the, under the mattress would have been nice. We don't really think about that. We just kind of dusted off our wounds or licked our wounds and moved on because what could we do? But we are sort of tainted. When it comes to the stock market, we're not that big of a fan, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> we like something we could look at, walk through, and something that makes us money. That we can control. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have a lot more control in real estate. Uh, you just yeah. don't know what you're getting with, uh, with stocks. So where do we leave from there? Okay, so, <laughs> um, so then we, we've decided to move to Arizona or Patty with the kids to have a better experience for them. And I kept going there on weekends. 
And uh, so we did that for a year and she got her license. So talk about the first flip. Yeah, yeah, I got my real estate license in Arizona and I really loved it. Our, at that time, our youngest daughter was, I believe about 12 or so. And I hooked up with a team that did some flipping because I knew that I didn't know that market very well and that I needed to learn from some people who already did it. So I paid a guy um, a normal commission to find me a deal and um, we bought this house. I had a pool and I didn't really know what kind of materials should go into that house and how much we should improve it and what was really good for that market. So it was really, really beneficial to hook up with a team of flippers. Um, they didn't really know me. And when I told them that I was going to pay cash for the house, they just kind of looked at me and I still, I, they didn't believe, they, they didn't believe that I had the money, that we had the money to do it. And so it was kind of cool, but um, we made about, I don't know, I think about 20 or 25,000 on that. He still had his job in California. So on the weekends he'd come and we'd work on the house and we tried to get as many people as we could to do the work for us. So we didn't have to do that much of the work, but it was pretty, pretty easy, simple, straightforward flip. Um, we put in a new shower, we fixed the pool equipment, and then we put in tile in most of the house because that's what most houses in Arizona had. And I was so. trying to get a job in Arizona so that I didn't have to commute, but I was paid so well in California, it was hard to find the right type of job. And so at, at that year mark, our, um, our, our lease with our, that place we had in Arizona was going to expire and we could extend it. And we thought, well, why in the heck should we keep staying in Arizona? Why don't we move to Utah? Her brother that I mentioned before that was into real estate, he'd been asking us to work alongside him in real estate. So we thought, well, let's just move there. I can go ahead and fly from California to Utah just as easy as I can fly from California to Arizona. And so we had a son who really, really liked to snowboard. <laughs> And um, the so kids, he was pretty happy yeah, with the yeah. move too. They both were, yeah, both were okay the kids with the move. We're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and uh, so we moved there, and then Patty kept moving with real estate, got our license. And then uh, it's crazy, but it was a really exciting day when I got a call <laughs> from the, the, the president of Forum Factor letting me know that I had been laid off. And he often liked to say that it was the happiest day of his life, <laughs> but I had to correct him that it was the second happiest day of his yeah, life. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, she's beauty. <laughs> I'm glad I got her first. But yeah, it was a pretty exciting because we'd already planned uh, that we, I guess we said on paper, we said that in April that we were, I was going to quit my job and do real estate full time. And I don't know if we would have, pulled the bandaid off when that happened for one thing. And it was really nice to get a buffer of money to go with too. So we knew we weren't going to starve. Yeah. <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So we, we had a severance and we also had accumulated, you know, enough money to where we felt comfortable. We could jump into the flip market. So should we talk about our first flip in Utah? I think we should tell that story. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we went to the auction where they sell foreclosure houses and we had driven by a house. He was late for almost late for a flight. And so we're like, okay, let's go drive by this house. And, and, and Google um, maps said you have arrived or 
or your phone thing said you have arrived. And so we had arrived at the house, we thought. So it was kind of like on one corner and the other house was on another corner. So we should have gone one more house. So anyway, we bought the house, we paid cash for it. And um, I had to go and tell the people who were still living in the house that I had just purchased their house and somehow negotiate with them to get out as quickly as they can and cross my fingers that they weren't going to rip out everything and cause a lot of damage to the house because they were really mad. And when I had pulled up to go there, I, I called my husband. I said, uh, honey, we got a problem. <laughs> uh, we bought the wrong house or we bought a house that uh, <laughs> we didn't we think we were buying. Yeah. It wasn't the one you And it wasn't quite as nice <laughs> as the one we saw that night. Yeah, it, it actually worked out fine. Um, we made money on that one too. Pretty good actually. I think yeah. that was more like thirty to 40000 on that one. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was painful good, good too. One. I mean, we, you know, I had to sit down and talk to them and the wife was crying and I Patty had to talk to him. Yeah. I was in California. Yeah. Yeah. You still <laughs> owe me for that one. <laughs> so every time you, here's one little tip is every time you step outside of your comfort zone, you grow and the more uncomfortable you get, the more you grow. And I grew a lot that day. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. So we, we started to doing a lot more of the flips and we were mainly looking at properties that were going through foreclosure and we would uh, bid on them at the auction. And um, but somewhere along the lines, we started picking up uh, rental properties too though. Yeah. And uh, you know, you look at it and you say, okay, a, a flip, boy, you get a check for 20 to 30,000. That's pretty dang exciting. Um, or I could do a rental and I could make four or $500 a month. So you, you look at that and you think, I don't know. I think I'd rather have the 20, 30,000. But with rentals, there's a whole big thing about you get that money all the time, forever, ever, ever. And then that property goes up in value too. Then if you sell a year or two later, you got a lot more appreciation than what you get there too. So we started realizing that um, we need flips to be able to um, uh, provide enough cash but really what we wanted to do was to get a lot more rentals. Should we tell them the fourplex story? I, I guess so. We, we, yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go the fourplex. Yeah. Okay. So um, I sent up a auto alert for Craigslist and we got this Craigslist alert saying that there was a fourplex for sale for a really good price. I believe it was $240,000 in Provo, Utah. And that was a really good price. So I got him to get off the computer and stop what he was doing. And we went over and uh, I called the buyer or the seller, excuse me. I called the seller and said, Hey, look, we'd like to come talk to you about your fourplex. And he said, well, I have a meeting with another investor at nine. And I said, great. Can we come at 8am? And he goes, sure. I'm an early riser. So we didn't really know what we were doing. We walked over there. No, with we the, saw it the night before though. Yeah, we did drive by it the night before. And it wasn't pretty. Uh, it was built in 1932. Pretty old building under a lot of neglect. Uh, he was really a slumlord, basically. The bathtubs were green. There were mice in it. We came to find out. They the were, water never stopped dripping. Yeah, the water never stopped. It was Cockroaches, just yeah. somebody got called. And he on, was a wellness coach. Or what was it? A happiness, happiness coach. Happiness coach. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to spend $10,000 on being a happiness coach instead of 
fixing up his building for his tenants. So um, we went over there and said, okay, hey, you know, we'll, we'll buy it from you for this. And will you sign? And he, he signed. So it was awesome. And uh, before we closed, we thought long and hard because we knew it was going to be a ton of work, which it was, right, honey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, her brother, our partner in this deal, uh, he was, I'm not cursing per se, but he wasn't happy because <laughs> it was a lot of work. And uh, so, yeah, but we, um, we moved walls. We had to redo some walls. We had to figure out the electrical, like the electrical, like it was all haywire. Like what is, where does this light switch hook up with this? Uh, we, we lost the, the water for the whole, the whole area. Just the water line busted underneath the foundation. We had to fix that too. Somebody so. called the city on us and we had to replace the water line. It was, it was, it was over a year work. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Uh, probably over a hundred, uh, over $110,000 of uh, work we put into it. And we bought it for two forty, which was a, which is a steal. Which is a killer deal. So now that. we're into it about three fifty. So then we got it appraised and took a line of credit. Was it a line of credit? Uh, at some point we did that. I don't yeah, think we did right off the point. bat. Yeah, yeah, not right off the bat. So we had heard about Airbnb and I thought, you know, let's just take one of these units and see what happens. Let's see if we could Airbnb it and see if we get a response. We didn't know how many people wanted to come to Provo, Utah. And it turned out to be amazing. We renovated half of the building first and let the other tenants stay there so we could still keep collecting rent from them. And then we started Airbnb the Airbnb it. So we made it look really nice, um, you know, fresh paint. It was staged really nicely. And we learned a lot about Airbnb. And then eventually we did the whole building. And what did we net yearly? Like 48? This was, this was, uh, He's yeah, the numbers yeah. guy. <laughs> it was, it was over 48,000 a year is what we were able to take home after all the expenses. And uh, so it was a nice, sweet amount of money that we had. Now we had done a lot of other real estate in the meantime. We had properties we bought out of state and we bought, uh, other things too, a lot of flips. A lot of commercial but, building that, yeah. that house that we bought in Seattle, we had bought a brand new house here in Utah and the bank wouldn't let us pull out a line of credit on it. So we're like, forget that. We'll just sell it. And we sold it and bought a wholesale uh, commercial building that's turned out to be really good. Yeah, it's a great, it's a- It was like another thousand dollars a month rent with a lot less work. It's a cafe on one side and a bookstore on the other side right now. And it's, uh, it brings in a lot more money you get from that than you do from a residential property. So, so yeah, so anyway, <laughs> we, before, Okay. Back to the fourplex. Back, back to, <laughs> Sorry maybe to back around. to tie the fourplex in too yeah. is because I was in corporate America for a while, I also had accumulated retirement money. So this is called 401k money. And we had converted that into uh, self-directed. And there are- Self-directed 401k. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so with that, there are- a lot of restrictions on what you do with that. You could do a fair amount of things, but you don't want to cross the line on that. And so we were we were abiding by the rules, but you know, like we do a hard money loan, and that was fine to do. Uh, and we were getting um, two points and and ten percent, twelve percent interest. We were we thought we were doing really good, but we looked at it from a aggregate. Our returns weren't pretty low because we didn't we didn't have all our money working for us. So all we got the time. yeah. 
So we decided that we wanted to get into multifamily passively. We wanted to get into multifamily actively at some point too. So we, um, we ended up uh, getting into this multifamily uh, with Kahuna Investments uh, through uh, Corey Peterson. And boy, I'll tell you, he's been just the best mentor ever for us. So we invested some of that retirement money. We couldn't do anything actively with that. We had to be passive investors. So we invested with him, learned as much as we could about multifamily, asked as many questions as we could and watched what he did. And then remember that fourplex we were talking oh, about. Oh, and we, got, we went to his training too. Yeah, we went to And that was the most incredible training we've, we've been to really so far. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, drinking from a fire hose for sure. <laughs> and, and while we were there, uh, just to close the loop of what Patty is going to say next, is uh, we end up meeting uh, someone named David Rosenbaum, who happens to be in the same boardroom as us. And he was very energetic and wanted to succeed. And he, got him, he stuck himself out there and did this competition um, and got this golden pineapple. And Patty also stepped out and, <laughs> and showed how she could do a good job in marketing in that thing. And she got a golden pineapple. So we ended up becoming um, accountability partners. And David had a deal in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, that he almost had a pass. He had a pass on the first time because someone else he was partnered with did not have the money to be able to do it. So now tie that in with uh, the fourplex. <laughs> yeah, so um, I kind of had this thought that what if we could sell this fourplex that we had created that was kicking off a ton of cash and up our game, we kind of realized that we couldn't manage 100 or we didn't want to manage 100 rentals, single, single family. family homes. And that the next step for us in our progression was to buy a multifamily. And so we thought, okay, well, let's sell, see what we could sell this multifamily for. So we sold it for a lot of money. <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah, we sold it for $750,000. And so we needed a place to put that money. And so we looked every which way we could at this uh, 107 unit deal. It's called the Fairway in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, and, uh, and because we had some money to help with, uh, it made it easier for David to work with us on doing that because uh, we knew we could close. But even with that, it was a lot of work because our money alone was not enough. The, the, the purchase price on that um, multifamily was $3.15 million. And even though we got a loan, that still worked out to be um, about a million dollars that we need to have raised to do that. So we had to go beat the bushes to be able to get other people that were willing to invest their money with us to be able to make this a success. Yeah, so on his birthday, just last December, uh, we closed on our first multi-unit uh, family deal, 107 units in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And um, in future podcasts, we can talk to you more about that experience and all the things that we've learned. I think we've probably taken enough of their time and I'm kind of tired of talking about this right now. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's a good start. So we'll, we have a lot of adventures on our, on this fairway, a lot of stories to tell there. So, <laughs> so as you can see, we, you know, this is, we've done a lot of different things in real estate um, over the years, over the course of almost 30 years this year, it'll be our 
30th anniversary. And uh, we've learned a lot and we're excited to start this podcast and share with all of you the things we've learned and also share some of the things we've learned with some of our friends along the way who we're going to bring on to share. Yes. Well, future. thank you so much for so your, for listening. Stay tuned. And, yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> Thanks so much. Have a great night. Thanks for being our guest. Without rain, nothing grows. Weather the storm. You can't sail if you never leave the harbor. Challenges are just big waves to help you get to your destination. Remind yourself the rainbow will come. And most importantly, don't forget, life isn't about waiting for storms to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. If you're ready to learn more about creating legacy wealth through multifamily investing, go now to reigningfreedommoney.com. Ready for the thunderstorm so we can make it rain.